Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm not wearing hockey pads. Hey, George, question for you. (laughs) Is Is it who you are underneath? Or is it what you do? That defines no, you. F- fuck no. It's what you do. You in particular, well. just with, George. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I thought it was. I'm not wearing underwear. I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> I suck at voices. I should not try to do that. <laughs> Swear to me. Swear to me. Oh, that's a good line. We watched <laughs> yeah. 2005's Batman Begins. Uh, George, you had seen this before, if I remember correctly. Yes, but uneducated. But yes, as an uneducated, yeah, ignorant I've person, seen... now having gone through a significant chunk of the remedial film class, uh, you should have seen more this time around and appreciated it uh, as the rest of us did back low in 2005. Mm. Guys, that was 17 years ago. Holy shit. That kid. What did I say? He was 15. He's like in his 20s. Yeah. When you said, I let it go when you said <laughs> yeah. that. You were like, oh, he's probably like 15 now. I'm like, I said uh, 15 or 20, but now, yeah, God, I think it's he's... been 17 years. Yeah. Holy shit. That kid's probably married and got a family. Yeah. He could be. Yeah. You guys spend oh. a lot of time talking about that kid. <laughs> well, I kind of felt like I recognized the kid. I'm like, what he else is he me in? Who, and he's like, I don't he know. In? I'm like, I don't know. I, Isn't he in Game I'm of Thrones? Is he? No, 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 not not the little blonde hair kid. The kid who played young Bruce. Oh, yeah, the little blonde hair kid kid is on uh, Game of Thrones. Who's the little blonde hair kid? The kid. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Never kid mind. He gives his Never gadget too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, young Bruce. The I thought I recognized his... from something else, but he's like, no, I don't know what else was in. I'm sure he's been in stuff. But... I think he was on Sesame Street or something. <laughs> I don't know. Gilmore Girls, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Seventh Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> when I see their happy faces Touched smiling back at me, friends, seventh heaven, <laughs> touched by a seventh heaven. Oh <laughs> uh, shoot! Wait, you can't say touched that. by a friends. <laughs> touched by <a> friends. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just keep going. Oh, let's not. Uh, hey, <laughs> at, at least we know that all three of us like this movie. <laughs> oh wait, you guys are like surprised. This movie? I don't know. I, I was excited to do this because I assumed we would. Nobody, there's going to be no surprises. But then again, George is not drinking. So. I have one big problem. I have one little problem. I have one big problem. But that's it. Okay. Let's air your grievances up front so we can talk about how great this movie is. How does the microwave emitter? evaporate all the water in the pipes <laughs> and not the 70% of water that you are made from. Right. Well, you, you see, they explain in the movie that it's directed microwaves. Oh, I know why. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, it, it seemed to be, uh, my answer was for why it wasn't uh, affecting the water in the bodies with the hallucinogen. I'm like, well, unless they ingested it through the drinking water, then it would be affecting their body from the inside. But I wasn't thinking the actual water in their body evaporating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you put a, a, a microwave emitter, everyone close to it would just bake from the inside yeah. and die. They would probably the pop like balloons. Yeah. I like the way they like pop. A, like a marshmallow. That would be actually a, a pretty entertaining short, you know, like a... Mm. One of those, it would like, be effective. Like the Our RoboCop remake, just one of those of mm-hmm. Batman Begins where just everybody pops like popcorn. Mm. Mm-hmm. That'd be or at least fun. dehydrates like they all become 
the Alec Baldwin character in Beetlejuice at the wedding scene. Yeah. I never saw get... Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. Where Wait, what? Completely hold on, hold on, back up. <laughs> you haven't seen Beetlejuice? I thought that was one that That's you had drop. seen. Oh, you Wait, have not say seen what? Beetlejuice? You have not seen we, Beetlejuice? No, I said seen it too many times. We were when all I was <laughs> when I was younger. Actually, the CDC came out this week and said you can say Beetlejuice like as many times as you want now. Right, as long as you're wearing a mask. You have to quarantine for five days. <laughs> Learn to throw your voice. Fool your friends. Fun at parties. <laughs> I can't okay. believe you've never seen it. Nice fucking no. model. <laughs> nice fucking model. <laughs> Honk. <laughs> I wish hey, we I, shop at the same store. I wish I knew what the fuck you guys were talking oh about. Oh, my God. I wish you did, too. I'm a professional here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're I wonder where the average Joe that's myself could uh, get a little uh, action. <laughs> All right. Well, put oh, that wow. on the list. Holy yeah, crap. Nice yeah, okay. List. Just, yeah. Sandworms, you hate them. I hate them. <laughs> How do you get them down so small? Hey, look, it's the king. Like I can't believe there's it like was, so many. Dude, it was on. <laughs> it was on the TV when I was like a kid, kid, and like I remember seeing the scenes. Like I remember what it looked like, mm-hmm. but I never watched it. I don't. Wow. I don't know. Well, this is the best yeah. news we could have had <laughs> that I get to watch uh, Beetlejuice soon. We're doing a Pee Wee's Big, uh, Big Adventure uh, Beetlejuice twofer. Oh yeah, no, we're we're gonna go yeah, all Burton for a minute. That's gonna be great. <laughs> Very good. So stay tuned, oh. everybody. Yeah, and uh, Dan can show us uh, which French movie it was inspired by. <laughs> yeah, Beetlejuice was inspired <laughs> by some 1973. That'll know, be fun. Chick flick from Guam, <laughs> <laughs> from Down Under. Ay vey. Argentina, maybe. I do like so, the idea so of Batman. popcorn bad guys. Just pop, 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 blood everywhere. It'd be great. Uh, mm. Vaporized. Oh, did you blood? notice that none of Ra's al Ghul's guys were affected by it because they were wearing their masks? Yes. There was some were. very effective masking and some vaccinations very, that really worked. They were ahead they're, of the game. Yep. There were vaccines. This movie's all about vaccines. Yo. And masks. Yo, they should have put Morgan Freeman on the COVID vaccine a couple yeah, weeks. Absolutely. Well, a couple how how quickly can you manufacture this? I don't know, a couple weeks. A couple weeks. A couple weeks. Get it out there, bro. Put him in charge. Put, put him in charge. <laughs> Why don't you put him in charge? <laughs> this thing's running around. You can cut me out. Game over, man. <laughs> wow, this is an Uber-referenced episode. We're just going to hey, just throw him out there. That's a movie I've seen. This is true. Aliens. <laughs> With an S. With an S. And a dollar sign from the story I read this week. About James mm. Cameron pitching it to the executives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he well, was I, I read something about uh, when Nolan pitched this movie, he had a 15-minute pitch. And they were just like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do this. And I found out that Schumacher had a fourth, ver- a fourth movie in the works. Oh, yeah? And it was going to be uh, a return of the Joker. It was going to have mm-hmm. the Catwoman Penguin somehow, and then it was going to have Nicolas Cage as the Scarecrow. Oof. How do you feel about that, Dan? I mean, the fact that we prevented any further war crimes by not allowing Joel Schumacher anywhere near this franchise again <laughs> makes me True. feel good about our country. But how do you like that casting? Like, Would you cast Nicolas Cage as the Scarecrow? 
I no, don't know that I would no. ever voluntarily cast Nicolas Cage for any, anything. Anything based on like an existing IP. I always saw like a Jeff Goldblum playing the scarecrow. I mean, that could uh, work. And really, Nicolas yeah. Cage would be fine. Did you guys ever see a movie called Kick Ass? Uh, yeah. Because Nicolas no. Cage took that movie it's and awesome. owned yes. it. Like, yes. So he can do it. He could do it. If he took it seriously, if they made him, you know, a character study that he was interested in, I think he could have nailed it. It was a resolution. It's a resolution. It's a constitution. So that's we the thing that bothered the you. Constitution. <laughs> right, the Constitution. So the Is only problem you had with the entire movie was that it was completely physically impossible that the weapon work in the way that it needed to to make the thing go. But he that dropped was, all that and he just watched the movie. Cause, that was know, my... <laughs> this time around, because I didn't even realize that the last three times I watched mm. this movie, because I watched this movie a bunch. I like this movie. And this time watching it, I was like kind of, I don't know, I guess I was being more critical or like paying more attention. I'm like, wait, what the, there's water, <laughs> e- there's water everywhere. Yeah. All kinds of water that's not being affected right now. Mm. The river, went across the river, it should have been like steaming up. Yeah. It wasn't. The air. It is. Yes. I mean, everywhere, It's, it's a pretty dank city. <laughs> I mean, it's very. Everywhere. Dude, when there's Bruce, dew. when Bruce Wayne got thrown out of the bar, mm. Like the where uh, what's his name Falcone was, dude, look right into a puddle. P- fucking yeah. puddles everywhere. Puddles everywhere. It hasn't rained in three days. Still puddles down there. You don't fear everywhere. You fear what you don't understand. It's true. You know, it's that. like already a, a, good a heavy line. enough movie in terms of like running time. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, George, but this one's a little long compared to what we mm. normally watch. I uh, did notice. Yeah. So you really don't have time to do this, but what I would love to have explored as like a side story would be. Any normal Gothamite in like the the week leading up to this big event who's boiling some pasta and just freaks the fuck out. <laughs> just have a series of unexplained freakouts where they just oh, they can't yeah, figure dude. out why people are boiling water and you're absolutely their right. You're, d- yeah. No one was boiling pasta in yeah. this time. Wouldn't that be hilarious? You're absolutely right. That would have been good. Like, th- and they could have really fit that in the story. Like. It- the, they could have maybe put it on the news that there, people, dude, people were having everywhere. these hallucinations. Steam in the shower. Yeah. There's steam everywhere. Yeah. Where water turns to vapor. Huh. And you could have even done like a Batman 89 like news report where nobody showers mm-hmm. because showers are making people go crazy. Dude, that's a great idea yeah. for a short. Yeah. One of our fans should do that. Come on, fans. <laughs> maybe Kevin Smith can do it. Maybe Kevin Smith. <laughs> we'll call it butt work. No, we'll, we'll call, call it, it bat work. Buttman. Bat work. Yes. Bat work. <laughs> hey, kids. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Man. All right, let's talk about this movie. So this movie is pretty good. Uh, we all like it, so that's weird. We usually mm. don't all like it. I don't know that I have any major concerns with it besides the microwave thing and the fact that like Bruce is like, I don't want to kill people, so I'm going to kill 50 of you right now. I used to have trouble Who, with that. I think I've come around to that. When did he kill 50 people? Yeah, it's all Ra's al Ghul guys. Yeah, the Ra's al Ghul guys. He's but like, he I'm not really going to kill this guy. I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> yeah, but 
He doesn't technically, like he said, I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you at the end of the movie. He says that. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you could argue I, then that like, I'm going to point a firearm at you and fire it and I don't have to save you from the bullet. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to catch this bullet. Yeah. I mean, the dude won't commit to stealing. He fake steals all his own stuff, but blowing up a bunch of bad guys to death, totally cool with it. I don't know. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. Here's how I am justifying it to myself tonight, because I have for, God, 17 years, not liked that scene. But I Mm. think the way I'm going to justify it to myself now, as a critical, gotta apologize for all the Batman stuff guy. Mm -hmm. You have to. I'm going to say that (laughs) if they don't threaten Gotham, he saves the guy. But because they threaten Gotham in this conversation, that he's actually saving Gotham at least trying to, by taking all the guys out. Right. But he just has well, this emotional connection to Henry Ducard, so he saves him. I'm I'm wondering if, if that doesn't really apply to early Batman, because he really didn't adopt that not killing anybody. Yeah, yeah he says, I'm not going to be this guy's executioner. Right. But in the end, defense of yourself is different than that's execution. True. That's true. So, killing someone in defense is much, much different than killing someone in the name of justice. Right. Or like you said, as an executioner. But that has, guy totally said, doesn't get out of the building, though. That guy? The guy who he wasn't going to kill doesn't we get out of the building. That. They never show him. He runs off frame, but I mean, come on. Blows up the whole building true. everybody dies. It's interesting. It's Only not, the one section blew up. It's interesting because you always have this thing <laughs> mm-hmm. where the movie Batman is always a bit more willing to kill than the comic book Batman, unless it's yeah. one of those else worlds. We don't need to get yeah. too like, well, you know, if, actually in Batman number one, he still carried a gun right. for like three frames, but then they decided that was too dangerous for the comics code. We don't need right. to get too deep into that. No, but I think with this trilogy, it works because it's a development of the character and maybe in the very beginning, that code was not fully ingrained in him as opposed to in the second one when, when he's like, I have I have one rule and he's like, I'm going to make you break that one rule. Like he's, it's established that this is my rule. Wait, I'm not that happens kill. in the second one? Yes. Yeah, I'm just spoiler kidding. I've, alert. Seen, I've seen that one already <laughs> too. That's why I said it. <laughs> But it, it's he's more established as as his code of honor, as opposed to in the very beginning he's just trying to save his own life. And yeah, he did say, I mean he's that I, I mean that became his code at that scene. When but he they refused, get around it by saying executioner. When he refused to be the executioner, actually, when was it? What scene was it when? Um, I'm going to call him Ra's al Ghul, but... Liam Neeson. Yeah, Liam Neeson. When Liam Neeson said that, you know, it's your compassion that mm-hmm. is your weakness or whatever, and and then Bruce says that's what separates us. Right. Right. But he so, he's not saying separates us, meaning him and Ra's al Ghul. N- he's I saying know, me I know. from the criminals. From the criminals, right. yes. But that's when he established that code. And the blowing up 50 dudes scene definitely happens after that. Actually, he really establishes it when, when Chill gets killed. Right, but that happens after right. in the movie, but yeah. So it, yeah, timeline no. stuff. Cause that, when who gets killed? No, no when, when he decides he's going to shoot Right, that, Chill. The, the events of right. that 
happen after. No, they, he goes. He chronologically leaves and goes away. chronologically. Pri- this is the problem with timelines. Chronologically prior to his time in Asia, but in the movie, it appears in the movie after the explosion. Right, but it did happen prior. So he would have prior pre- to the explosion. Yes, he he would have already established his "I don't shoot people" code before he got into the criminal underground by stealing his own stuff, which is pretty clever. I still like that device. (laughs) Yeah, that was cool. That was funny. Yeah. Let's talk about the cast. I felt every time another character came on the screen, I had the same thought. That was perfectly casted every single time. Even like the bit parts. Uh, I wasn't paying as much attention to the to the but bit like, parts. Just the little, like all the henchmen. Like, like for for example, like you have what the hell's Alfred's name? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Okay, I'm. Yeah, you know me. I don't know he's, these people. He's been in a few movies. <laughs> yeah, I know him. I know his face. He's a per. He's perfect. Right. Right. He's perfect. Um, Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Perfect. As always. Um, the dude who played Scarecrow. Celian Murphy. Who you know him. He was in a movie we watched. What was he in? 28 Days Later. Yeah, he was. He's the main he? dude. He's the main character. Yeah. 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 Um, You've seen that man's balls. He's, he's, that guy's brilliant. I was going to say, I don't know him from anything else, but I do. Yes. Um, but he's not. he's not Morgan Freeman. You know, he's not a huge, right, like, been-in-everything actor. But wasn't he just in, like, uh, what was the one, the DiCaprio movie he was in? Was it Wall Street? I don't Wolves know. Wall Street? Whatever it was, he was the perfect Absolutely. choice yeah. for, for the character. And I was angry. When this movie came out, I was like, oh, I had, like, I had a, a thought of who should play that character. It should be, like, almost like an Ichabod Crane kind of character. Well, he kind of was. Yeah, I, but, I mean, like, tall and lanky, like a, like yeah. a Howard Stern body make. You know, just overly tall and awkward and just yeah goofy creepy See, someone like, who looks more like a scarecrow like a slender man kind of yeah. body type and then like a very characterized face that he looks like a normal guy but his delivery of lines his facial expressions and when he changes when he becomes the, it, it, it just like every other batman character it's a it's a broken psyche so it's you see the switch and it's it's perfect. Yeah. But it's subtle. It's not like like a Jim Carrey Riddler where it's like what? like he goes to 11. This guy is very every character in this movie is very subdued. Even the the cliché mobster is still yeah. subdued. Like he's playing it straight and mm-hmm. and that's that's what I love about this movie. Should be noted that uh, Cillian Murphy was up for the Batman role at one point. Yes. Which is kind of cool. No word. No, he's perfect as a scarecrow. Perfect. Yes. What do you think about Christian Bale? How does Christian Bale do compared to Michael Keaton? Watch your mouth, by the way. (laughs) Treading on ground here. I think he did uh, the character justice. I think he did a good job. This might be where I say what is my favorite part of this movie. That it is a Bruce Wayne story. The first one. Before it's a Batman story. Mm -hmm. Before it's like we've always been uh kind of shown 
villain movies. Like every Batman movie's been about the villains and mm-hmm. and you know, they develop and they overdevelop. But back we were always programmed to all right, yeah, yeah, that's Bruce Wayne. Let's get to the bat. Let's get to the suit. Oh, I yes. And this yes. movie totally negates all that. I agree. Yeah. And you know how the past couple of movies I uh I took a timestamp when we had a plot. Yes. Like I stopped it and I was okay, forty five minutes in we have a plot now. I didn't do that with this movie. Because the whole movie's a plot. <laughs> no. Well, no, the first the first hour of the movie really is just development. Yeah. Right? Which was the case with the other movies that you said that, but <laughs> Which all no, no, it wasn't. But this they didn't do no. as well because Por- they weren't Porky's was terrible. But they um, weren't great filmmakers movie... like Nolan, is what I'm saying. Like they sure, all tried sure. to do what he did sure. successfully. Yes. Yes. But the plot here came in in bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And you had to put those bits and pieces together. And by the time you realized that there was a plot, He's the plot was it. there the whole time. Yes. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I couldn't take a timestamp because by the time I realized there was a plot, I'm like, oh, that happened an hour mm-hmm. ago. It happens from moment one. Yeah. From, it literally yeah. from the prison cell scene with Liam Neeson. That is where a plot starts, technically. Yeah. And there's development, a lot of development for but, the next hour, but when he comes back, it's it's like, oh, the whole movie was plot. The right. whole thing. Mm-hmm. Fear. Yep. Because if you think about fear, fear creates every situation. Like, even the death of, of uh, Bruce's father and mother is done out of fear. Like... Chill doesn't kill them because he's malicious. He actually kills them. At a, it's like a fear reaction to the situation. Like, he's scared. Chill is scared. He's not menacing. He's not pointing a gun in his head and like, put the shit in the bag. Yeah. You know, put, what, give he's, me the keys, motherfucker. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't, <laughs> give me the keys, you fucking cocksucker, yeah. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> it's, it's, when he shoots his father, it's, it's a reactive fear He's more situation. like. Give me the keys, you cocks. Like, what right. the fuck? But everybody's created, like, Bruce, Bruce creates his persona through fear. Uh, obviously, Crane creates his persona through fear. Yep. Uh, and then the dad is killed because of the situation. The criminal's in, like, a fearful situation, and he accidentally, they make it look like he accidentally, accidentally shoots him. At first, and At then. At first. And even the mother, like, it, they they do it just in the shadows enough to where you can't really tell if he sh- he didn't aim at her. It was almost like he was trying to grab the pearls, and and then it, it was almost like the gun went off, as opposed to like aiming it at both of them and shooting them, which is good because it kind of makes it even more tragic. Because even Chill is kind of a victim, in a way. Mm. He's a victim of his circumstance. He's a victim of of his choices based on his situation as opposed to going into the alley like when they went to go after Rachel. Yeah. He wasn't sent there to kill anybody. He was basically out of desperation. So to the to the average viewer, I suppose you could view it like that. But I know too much about guns. Guns, guns, guns. Well, that's the way it's played. With, with that gun, it's like literally... If you cock it, 
yes, the trigger it can be very sensitive. Yeah. Right. If you don't, it's hard to pull that trigger. It's a like a seventeen yeah. pound trigger. It's right. not easy to pull. Well, we don't know if it was cocked or not. And it went off twice. The first one could have been an accident if it was cocked. The second one could not have been an accident. He he, it was too fast. He wouldn't have fired it by accident and then immediately so cocked then they, it. They did it, it right. It has to be. They did it right because the first one clearly looks like an accident. Well, maybe not an accident. Kinda... Maybe a panic. Right? Like yes. It's yeah. It's not panic, that he's. Yes. Oops, oh my gosh, I can't believe the gun went off. It's more like, oh God, bam, oh God, bam, oh no. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's panic. Yeah. That's fear, but it's not accident. It's just. Yeah, it had to be. Because two shots went off, I felt like it had to be intentional. Right. The first one could have been, like you said, panic, but the second one had to be. Well, and you can right. panic without. You can panic and still shoot people on purpose, right? To get out mm-hmm. of Absol- the absolutely. situation. Absolutely. Yes. What do you think, George, about. How Nolan and company create this like perfectly enclosed circle of plot where from moment one, they're telling you that it's going to be the League of Shadows destroying Gotham with or without Bruce's help. And at the end of the movie, it is the League of Shadows destroying Gotham with or without Bruce's help. Like they put all their cards on the table and don't really Mm -hmm. add anything to the mix. And yet they still sustain it for two and a half hours and they bring it into a close, not by changing any of the game from what they tell you in the first 20 minutes, but Mm -hmm. instead by misdirecting you as to people's identities and motivations. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? I'm surprised it works. Well, and misdirection is is one of the things that he says. Yeah. He's training. It's a very powerful tool. Misdirection. What's funny is- And theatrics too. You're right. The um, which were both used, the hallucinogen, uh, mm-hmm. the effect mm-hmm. that they used when filming it. Uh, it's clear that it's the same flower, so yeah. you almost have to sit there like the first time someone is is sprayed by the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. You almost should have said, "Oh wow, he's working with Ra's al because <laughs> yeah. he clearly has the flower. You should have, yeah. Um. But they do it in just a way that you're so caught up in everything else going on that you're not sitting there going, now this guy, this and that. Well, you know, Ra's al Ghul is dead, it. so I don't see how he could be working with him. Well, I League saw of him Shadows. Die. Let's put it that way. You could say League of Shadows, that's the same stuff that he was inhaling just 35 minutes ago. Like, right. it's, they they didn't alter it enough to where you would go, oh my God, that's 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 weird. How you should watch that and go, that looks exactly like what he was inhaling. So they they were basically, like he said, showing their cards very early, and they didn't really care. <laughs> yeah. But it's really the, interesting the big... because by showing your cards, none of it feels like a cheat. Right. Except for maybe to a first-time viewer who's not familiar with the character, being like, wait a minute, but Ra's al Ghul's already dead. That's not Ra's al Ghul. I've right. seen him die. Right. You know? You're like, oh, he said what I was thinking, because that's pretty much exactly what Bruce says to the guy. Uh, that is a good misdirection, because everybody who's a fan of Batman knows that Ra's al Ghul is, is of Asian descent. Mm-hmm. So uh, seeing the character played Ra's al Ghul in the beginning, mm-hmm. It, it's a misdirection, definitely, and they do it well enough to because you're not going to think that Liam Neeson is Razagul because he's obviously not 
of Asian descent. Well, okay. see, I didn't I get never... hung up on that. See, when I was in the theater back as a super uber Batman fan, super excited to see this movie, wife skipped class. It was a summer semester. She skipped mm. class to come with me as, a, as my girlfriend back when we were first dating. Nice. Uh, it worked out. And you put a ring on it. I did. I, I put a... He liked it, so he put <laughs> yeah. a ring on it. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, hey so I'm sitting there in the theater, and the whole time I'm thinking, Henry Ducard is an actual established comic book character. Not mm-hmm. a super popular one, but one I was able to like look up his stuff before the movie came out, so I was on the level. But boy, that goatee sure looks like Ra's al Ghul from the cartoon. Mm. So the whole time I'm thinking, like, man, that's really interesting that they went like way in a different direction with Ra's al Ghul. But well, like, didn't they cover their asses on that by giving everybody that goatee? Well, that's the thing. That yeah, whole group, I think everybody all got, like, in that temple had stuff. that. Like, they do mm. a good job of like mixing it up to where when they reveal it, you're just like. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> well, Liam Neeson wasn't Ra's al Ghul, right? Oh, no, he totally was. No, he was. But the whole like time. the Ra's al Ghul. Yes. He is the Ra's al Ghul. I thought Ra's al Ghul was like a. Like Tommy Jason? An <laughs> idea. <laughs> an idea? Ra's al Ghul is whoever is running the show at the League of Shadows. No. That is how I interpreted it. Ra's al Ghul is the one who's running the show, and in this case, it's Liam Neeson. But he, I'm saying whoever travels, is running the show for the League of Shadows, because the League of Shadows has been around for a long time. But so has Ra's al Ghul. Well, right, and that's so where it gets I, tricky. But yeah, so right now, they, Liam Neeson is working as the head of the League of Shadows, so he is the Ra's al Ghul. He's the demon's head. However, right. in public, right, in, in the world, he exists under a pseudonym and has someone else stand in as like the standard bearer who is just disposable meat to get killed by bad guys. Right. Here's the thing. They, Nolan and Goyer both chose to keep this realistic. Thank God. So, so they Mm -hmm. couldn't get into the, you know, the Lazarus pit and all that stuff that is very involved in that comic book of, are you aware of any of that storyline? No, All right, I'm not. so Ra's al Ghul is kind of like the Dalai Lama, where it's 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 a a passed down thing, mm-hmm. but it's also the Lazarus Pit kind of keeps him young, so you it's you really don't know uh, how so old it, he is. So it is the same person, or supposedly in the comic book and in the uh, yeah, yeah. cartoon, which did a the cartoon came at a time that like Ra's al Ghul was like ten or twelve years old in the comics, and so he really kind of came to prominence in the cartoon. Yes. He was very clearly a person who was probably hundreds of years old, but just had to like rely on getting bathed in this Lazarus pit to restore his youth over and over again. Okay. Kind of like vampire like a like a Dracula. Very like, Dracula. Uh, like the mother entangled. Yes. Yes. Exactly like the mother entangled. Yep. So to do that in a realistic way, they just make the Ra's al Ghul thing a title that's you know goes from person to person. And then you have this disposable stand-in standard bearer guy so that you can kill him once and he comes the back decoy. without yeah. having to have a pit. Right. God, we almost got pits. I don't, I don't Dark know, bro. Rises, Like, is it? All right. Yeah. All right. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Like, Ra's al Ghul is Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson is the current head of the League of Shadows. The is demon, the current head. The what Ra's al Ghul has not always been him. Right. What the confusion is, is 
uh, Liam Neeson didn't assume it from, was it Watanabe? What's what's his last yeah, name? Yeah, Ken, Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. Uh, the Ra's al Ghul in the temple. Right. When he died, Liam Neeson didn't assume it. It was basically subtly established that he was pretending to be Ra's al Ghul while Liam Neeson is the real Ra's al Ghul. Okay. The term so Ra's al Ghul like means the demon's head. It's but literally Ra's like Ghul... a title of uh, prominence within this organization. All right, so Ra's al Ghul is Kaiser Soze. All right, so uh, anyway, okay, so I, I, I get it. I get it. Or you can say it like the lady, Raz Al Ghul. Raz Al Ghul. Or as we all <laughs> said Man, in friend. the 90s, Raish Al Ghul, which I don't Raish know why Al we Al ever Al. said it Raish, and I don't know why it changed. But here Where we are. Where was that? Was that from the cartoon? The cartoon, he was Raish Al Ghul. Raish Al Ghul, right. Huh. Either way, he's a very cool character, but we didn't get all the cool. Yeah, we didn't get all. Way. And you know, the mm. one thing I am going to complain about, and not just because... It's so important to the characters sometimes, and sometimes they just forget. There's not a ton of detective work going right. on in this movie, which doesn't seem like a big deal because it's already two and a half hours long. Where are we going to do more detective work? But Travis so, knows that the way that Ra's al Ghul refers to Batman is calling him detective. detective. And we don't get that moment because he's really not a detective yet. Spoiler alert, yeah, he never get, really becomes a detective in this series. We kind of get. We kind of get some of it in in Dark Knight. Yeah, it's real force. He does though. it with the help of, of Lucius like and Lucius fancy computer really stuff. The, yeah, nonsense ballistics. <laughs> yeah, but I might like this movie it. better than the Dark Knight. I think really? it's a better movie. I think oh. I have less to pick at in this movie than I do in Dark Knight. Well, I think, I think I agree to an extent. Like I. I love this movie because it's it's not a Batman movie, it's a Bruce Wayne movie. Yep. And I love Dark Knight because it's that's the villain movie and it's it's phenomenal for that reason. Mm-hmm. We get good Bruce Wayne stuff, like but he's more like a a James Bond character in the second movie as opposed to his growth. I, I enjoy watching his growth. Uh, but in the second one, he's just as good. But this, obviously, he's not competing with the with second Ledger one at all. The second one is what I will uh, very affectionately call a standard Batman movie, mm. right? This one is not right a standard Batman movie. But then the second one really isn't either because of what they do with Two Face, like what. The Joker stuff is pretty standard Batman movie. But then uh, all, yeah. all, yeah, the, you're all right. the layers that you get with, with Dent, let's even talk, before he yeah, becomes hard. We'll talk about let's it next, save, next time. Let's save yeah. that for the next, yeah. <clears throat> but, One but, thing, yeah. I'm just going to throw a little tease out there for everybody listening and for George and for Travis. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> when we get to The Dark Knight, I am going to tell you a few things about The Dark Knight that you probably don't realize. That I have been telling people since July of 2008, <laughs> when the movie came out. Wow. Uh, I can remember one very specific incident with some very specific people where in July of 08, I brought up a certain point, and it's like it went in one ear and out the other. And God, it's been too many years. And nobody's caught on to this yet. And so we're gonna break some we're gonna break some new ground that I think. Uh, might be the whole reason I started this podcast. 
Uh-oh. So. Awesome. The, does it involve uh, Kevin McAllister? <laughs> <laughs> we will In all be night. talking about Italy for a little bit okay. while we talk about the Dark Knight. For real? For real. Okay. Oh, Italy? I can't wait. Italy, man. Yeah. Does this have to do with one of the movies we're doing? You know how much this surprises me? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Here, I thought we were just going to watch a movie, see how much George has learned. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Dan's got to ruin it. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be some movie about a frog. <laughs> it's gonna An super, Italian it's gonna frog. Have, yeah, it's going to have superpowers. The, yeah. He's really good it's with gonna, the bazooka. It's going to assist a handicapped man. <laughs> nice coat. <laughs> <laughs> so good. What do you think about the use of the one-liners, uh, the superhero kind of tropey action hero one-liners in a movie that is so like deadpan serious? It's like infused with little bits of like, huh, that's a funny a line. A little bit, a little bit. It makes sense because it's it's David Goyer and he's he's known for writing Blade uh, with Wesley Snipes, and it's. It's one of those superhero movies that you watch and you're like, okay, this is clearly not because it came out around. It's almost like Scream. It's a it's a movie a movie that knows what it is. Yes, but it it came off the tail end of the '90s superhero movies where everybody was just done, and then you know it comes out and it's it's bloody and it's vulgar and it's Wesley fucking Snipes being a total badass. Yeah. And you get those one-liners, but they're delivered correctly, and they're just in the right spot where you're just like, okay, yeah, but that was good. Yeah. I wonder I if, if viewers today, <laughs> like if you brought this to somebody, you know, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old who'd spent the past five years watching Marvel movies on Disney+, Plus, are they going to look at Batman Begins and be like, ugh, seen it, because the Marvel movies yeah. have borrowed so many of the tropes from this movie specifically, like all the mixed identity stuff and all that. Or are they going to be like, wow, this is a really good, oh, they're 12. They won't, but somebody eventually they'll be like, wow, what an excellent execution of things that everybody borrowed in the mid two thousands before it was like the trope everybody was using. Well, I think, I think this movie is in that group of what, what Brian Singer was doing with X-Men. And then you had what Nolan was doing with Batman, and uh, there was one other Spider Man. Uh, oh, the Spider Man, the Raimi Spider Man. So the it was first like two. Those three, not that third those, one. Not the not that damn third one. <laughs> <laughs> but was it, the third one the Venom one? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was terrible. Yeah, that it was a, it was a shit show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they they were doing the they were doing the work. So then everybody else is kind of reaping the benefits and. Uh, again, I'm going to defend a little bit, like you're saying. Oh, well, Marvel and the 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 identity stuff. Like Marvel characters have been around a long time, so yes, image wise or delivery wise, they might be borrowing. Well, didn't they steal? I haven't seen Iron Man three because uh, Iron Man two is enough to spoil me on that franchise. But Iron Man three isn't that the one where they are like, oh, hey, this is spoilers for Iron Man three. This is your big bad, and then like halfway through the movie, it's Ben Kingsley like. Oh, you know what? I'm just an actor. I'm not the real bad guy. They did that, but I the reason why they did that, I blame I blame the early stages of the the woke bullshit. But like, that's not that's not part of that ca- I don't even remember, what's that character's name? 
The Mandarin. The Mandarin. So, ugh. Uh, but anyway, that character in the comic is not an actor standing in for another bad guy. No, no. But he's a, he's a, a stereotypical Asian wa- uh, wise man. Gotcha. Well, so you know, like there they, you go. So, trying like, to get hey, away we want to get woke, so let's just wow. steal the Batman thing. Is that like a parallel or what? Yeah, so the, I've never seen Iron Man 3, but just hearing you guys talk about well, it, I'm like, whoa. The Mandarin was a character that came out in the early 50s and like early 60s. Uh-huh. So uh, it was very stereotypical Chinese like villain. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Wow. It almost yeah. sounds like Marvel movies suck. Uh. <laughs> they just try to, they try to get away with the essence of a character without being stereotypical i guess all right see i mean listen dude if you gotta apologize for the movie ain't that good i don't think they apologize i think they're no, just no, trying no, to no. be you're more apologizing diverse. <laughs> but I'm let's uh, let's get back to anyway, uh, let's get back to the, the bat dude i'm just thankful that the bad guys in these movies don't ever put on a cape and cowl and fight good <laughs> the way that he fights crime that's also Me too. A, a dig at Iron Man. I know what that is. I hear you. Me but too. You're wrong. And you know what? You know what I thought uh, back a couple episodes ago when I said that Batman is my favorite because he's not, he doesn't have superpowers, mm-hmm. right? And I think, Travis, you said, well, neither does Iron Man. Right? Well, Bruce Wayne is. Think about or, this. I would think say about, Tony no, Stark is me, Bruce Wayne. Let but. me finish my. Th- let me finish my thought. Issue, right? Take away all of Bruce Wayne's gadgets, mm-hmm. and take away all of Tony Stark's gadgets, mm-hmm. and what do you have? Bruce, Fucking Bruce Batman. Wayne kicking the hell out of Iron yeah, Man. Yeah. Is what you? Have. Yes, that's yeah. what you have. And that and that's the difference. No, I know. Well, to be fair, you can't really compare. The two, because in the comics, Iron Man is like third tier. Well, they're very similar. They're very <laughs> no, they similar. are. The, the idea of Bruce Wayne was taken and used as, as Tony Stark. Yeah, definitely. But Tony Stark in the comics was never on the level of Batman. If you yeah, want to go that Yeah, we've forgotten route, how like mediocre Iron Man was yeah, up to Iron the Man first was, movie. If you want to go the true comparison, yeah. Moon Knight is Batman. Moon Knight? Yeah. Moon Knight, who the show will be coming out very soon. Moon Knight is the Marvel version of Batman. Okay. So. Lame name. When the moon hits your eye like a peak. Right. So I bring up the... uh, That's the moonlight. The Iron Man uh, always fighting your, your copy bad guy thing. It's a Marvel thing, I guess, just overall. Bad Captain America fighting Captain America. Woo. Yep. Uh, here's the thing. Eh. That's a one kind. That's one way to do dichotomy, right? But in this movie, <laughs> in Batman Begins, it's really interesting how. And I don't know it's if this is who done it. I don't know if it's this is like a. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a flaw or if this is Jello. like it's an American. Show. <laughs> I don't know if this is I'm like sorry. something we that need to let him finish. I'm sorry. <laughs> should ahead, Batman Begins? Should Nolan wear this as like a badge of honor, or is this a flaw in the script? I don't know. This movie has a very, like, tit-for-tat kind of situation going on through the whole movie, right? There's nice ones of those in this movie. And it's just... (laughs) Shout out to friend of the show, Katie Holmes. It reminds me a lot of what they did in Batman 89 with the, you know, 
well, you know, you made me. Well, how can I have made you? You made me right. argument, right? The back and forth. This right. one, it's mm-hmm. you burned down my house, so I'm burning down your house. There's just, mm-hmm. it's a lot of like petty, you know, one-upsmanship. So it's like this discussion of, you know, what is justice versus what is revenge. And at one point, isn't it Ra's al Ghul that says that justice is being done on Bruce because he's burnt down his house? I'm like, no, that's revenge. Katie Holmes already talked about that. Like, mm-hmm. it's an interesting conversation happening in the movie, kind of in the subtext where it's like a one-upsmanship and a little like, you know, hit you back kind of. See, I never read it that way. It's weird, I read, man. I, I read when he says that line, like I always, he in the very beginning says what his plan is for Gotham. Has nothing to do with the fact that he burnt their temple down. Right. Uh, to me, when he says that line, it was almost like a, and fuck you. Well, right. I mean. it's like, like it's outside mm-hmm, the yeah. plot. It's just it's a really interesting character moment where it's he's not, like, "It's not justice; it's revenge." Yeah, like he's but, the, but he's trying to dress it up as justice. It's, it's is justice, right? But his it, it it did get personal. Let's put it that way. Like Absolutely, he, he had he had the justification that the League of Shadows constantly uses without yes. without personalized, and then he personalized it. It's almost like when when Loomis in Scream when they're like given away their expose of their whole their whole reason why they're doing it mm-hmm. and they're just like all over the place and they're talking about Norman Bates and this and that blah great, blah great scene love it and then Loomis just looks her right in the eye and goes how about this for a motive your mother your slut mother was fucking my father blah 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 and it's like yeah. that was what Ra's al Ghul was doing he was like oh this is what I'm doing and fuck you. Right. <laughs> because you and burned my exactly. Right. And fuck you. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's how I always read it. it I think be, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're on the same page actually. Yeah. yeah I don't think we're disagreeing. I think we're just describing the same scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just not I used like to I, agreeing on things. I like the way Travis described it. <laughs> and not only all this and yeah, fuck you. I just, yeah. I still think he believes in his justice. I just think he took it personal. So, yes, it becomes revenge. Yep. But the grand scheme is not revenge. No, the grand scheme is they're crazy, like... uh... He's more like a Thanos mentality where it's like, I'm just going to bring balance. Yes. That's my job. Yes. I don't care how many people die. Half you bitches are gone, basically. Yes. It's necessary. The astute Marvel apologist would be like, well... I mean, they're very similar in motive and tactic. It just happens that they have a slight deviation in you know, uh, philosophy or whatever, but they really are. In, in a lot of ways, it is Batman fighting a counter Batman just without the cape and cowl, which is the part well, where yeah. Marvel would have dropped the ball. But, uh, this is where you get caught, my friend. Oh. In the comics, Ra's al Ghul has a cape. But he doesn't have a cowl. <laughs> His hair kind of looks like a cowl. He's got like this devilish hair. What's a cowl? He's got like a the mask like the and then the part that goes on your neck. goatee. He's got two gray goats. No beard, no mustache. He's got two Just gray goats. Two Somebody little, call Brian Wampler. <laughs> two little gray triangles on either side of his of his mouth. Okay. Like he definitely has a theatrical costume. Yeah, he does. <sighs> but he doesn't have a, yeah. he doesn't have pointy bat ears because I I feel I like the Marvel has, Batman. Hold on. Enemy would have bat ears. <laughs> he has also. a helmet that he wears that has has bat ears on it. Yeah, but you're talking about the comic. We're talking about the movie. I know, but I'm just saying, if you want to split and hairs here, Dan is saying is that in the movie they didn't they didn't make it reverse Batman necessarily obvious unless it's Man Bat. 
It's man bat. No, it's you know what man it is. Man bat is reverse Batman. What is reverse? What is reverse Batman? Uh, Nightwing. I think it's a guy with a like a gray cape and cowl with slightly different shaped ears, and a no. I think I think it's Catwoman actually. Yeah. Oh, you got to inverse the genders too. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mm. know if that holds any water, but I'm also kind of tired of talking about it. So let's move on. <laughs> All right. Maybe we should just avoid trying to throw Marvel under the bus and just stick with this movie. Ugh. I enjoy thoroughly throwing Marvel under the bus. I know. How Those about that Batmobile, dudes? Oh, good so good. Did you know that it's thing different. can really drive like 80 miles an hour or something? Like is that's a legit what piece is... of machinery. <laughs> that, that's one of the one-liners. Yeah. Actually, can we go back to the one-liners real quick? Not all of them were like like stereotypical like superhero movie one-liners. There was a couple like um I remember watching um Christian Bale break character for a, like a half a second when the uh when the masks came in and there was a problem with the whatever and mm. they would they would crash. Oh, he left. He laughed. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. and when Alfred or whatever his name is, give me his name. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> I'm gonna remember that. You should. <laughs> I should. Yeah, dude. I've seen him in everything. I love the dude. You're gonna like everything I'm in. Yes. Yeah. So um, when Kane says, "In the meantime, try not to land on your head." Mm-hmm. He can't keep he it together. He, he, he laughs. Jimmy Fallon's that. It thing. is. It yeah. is a genuine break of character, yeah. and they kept it in, which means that there was like there was this chemistry there, man. Yeah. It, there was just a chemistry that is. It shows, like it's there. Yeah. Even in the scenes where they're not breaking character, all the other scenes there's still that chemistry there. Well, on the airplane, so good when he says, uh, "That's why I'm glad I gave you all my money." And he's right, like, and he's can, like, "And you can take the Bentley take out the Bentley or whatever, out, yeah. or the, ro- the Rolls Royce, whatever." There's plenty, plenty of one-liners when he's when he's got the sonar and the bats are flying. And I like, forgot what is that? about that. And he's like, "It's backup." <laughs> Dude, it's like, I forgot it. Yeah, exactly. It's backup. If if Schwarzenegger delivered that line, it would have been ridiculous. It's backup. It's backup. <laughs> <laughs> get to, get to the tumbler. <laughs> he's cool. Cool party. <laughs> yeah, it would have been so bad. But God. every Goyer line in this movie, as corny as some of them are, the one-liners, not the dialogue. How did I the, forget the about one-liners. the? How about how did I forget about the device? The device that's like, like iconic from Batman Year One. That whole scene is I, straight out of the comic book. I totally forgot yeah. about it until and I watched when I watched it tonight again, and like I, I was like, "What is the what is that thing?" And I'm like, "And all the bats coming." I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot." Yeah. Sonar. My this favorite, is so cool. I get yeah. to relive this. My <laughs> favorite thing in the entire movie, I think, is the scene where Batman becomes Michael Myers for a minute on the docks, and it's just like yes. pop up kill. Yes. I mean, okay, yeah. pop up knockout. Pop up knockout, and then of course the, okay. you know, where are you thing, and then yeah. here, here, right? Like, oh, right that's fucking good, and a I, pretty good I'm Batman. If we're judging Batman's yeah. based on the delivery of their I'm Batman line, this is probably the Very, second best one. And it was, I think it was best because it was subdued. It was subdued. I, my one complaint about this movie is the fluctuating Batman voice. Like I, I love. The a Conroy voice from the animated series, mm-hmm. but I also love the Michael Keaton version. This version, the I like when he's like angry and trying to become like 
the night and he's like, where are they? Like, yeah. He's so a shouty, in this mo- shouty in, in this movie where he's like, swear to me. Like yeah. all that. It's, it, it works. But when <laughs> yeah, he's, where are they? That's the next one. Yeah. When he's talking, uh, like at the very end when he's talking to Rachel, he's still got that whisper and that more Michael Keaton version. And right. I wish he would have done that more. Like when he talks to Gordon in the office before he even gets the I cow, was going to bring that up. And he's like, you know. Because uh, there's a thing. Two. You know, it's. There's, I, I love that. There's a thing about that. The now we're two. Because, because of the training and he's supposed to like become invisible. Right. right? He's, he's now trained to be invisible. Right. If you listen to it, I was listening to it on like a sound bar or whatever. But the audio, his voice comes through directly in front. And then when he says, now we're two, the audio comes from like the left side behind you. Yeah. Like, like he's way further away than he should be physically possible. But he disappeared. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh shit, he's over here. I love the way they did that. The cool thing about that scene is. I wish I could remember seeing that in theaters. Like, I wish I would have experienced that again now in theaters. Because right. that uh, would have been so Dol- good. That Dolby surround sound. Yeah, that would have been so good. All the stuff in this movie in a theater was phenomenal. But the the character uh, interaction between them two, Gordon and Wayne. Like, I remember, in the, I don't think you've you ever watched the cartoon? A little bit. Not Not a lot. Not well, religiously. I was, someone, too, I was too young. Someone like me who had lived through the trials and tribulations of this character almost in real time. Like, I didn't live through the 60s Batman, but I saw the ebb and flow, of this, the ups and downs of this character, and mm-hmm. to the point where it was just dead. And then the bat, the, when the Batman animated series came out, that became the pinnacle. That became what everybody thought the movies should be. People are like, why aren't they making this into a movie? Why does it have to be a cartoon? And the relationship between him and Gordon, like there's a, there's a scene in the cartoon where uh, Gordon is standing in his office and he's got a mug of coffee and he's just standing in his office and all the people working in the police station see him standing in there like, you know, what's Gordon doing? He's not doing anything. With We got this going on, and he's just standing there. And then they cut to inside the office, and he's talking out the window. Right. And then it cuts to the outside, and Batman's standing on the ledge. Right. And you see just his white eyes, and the cape is f- f- like the black flutter of the right. cape. Mm-hmm. And they're they're dealing with the case. They're talking about the case. Right. And to me, Nolan captured that. He nailed it, yeah. yeah. Yep. Agreed. And he also nailed the whole fatherly relationship, the father-son relationship between them two, which yep. the cartoon nailed. And every other movie never really gave Gordon that level of importance. Yeah. He was kind of a buffoon in, in some of the movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, no, totally. Uh, especially, it's weird coming off the 60s TV show where Gordon was so good. Yeah. And then in the 89, and then uh, just, yeah, they never captured that character again until no. they gave it to the best actor of his generation. And then he was like, hey, yeah. I got this. And he's not even really Commissioner Gordon yet. So, yeah. 
that's a whole different animal. He's you know, to sergeant develop. or lieutenant or... Yeah, he's sergeant, then he's yeah. lieutenant. Yeah, if you ever read the he old Frank promoted. Miller stuff, uh, the year one stuff that yeah, this is based on, this is heavily drawn from a, a comic, uh, I guess a yes. mini series is how you would describe it. Like, uh, Yeah, a mini series. Now a graphic, I know it is a graphic novel, but when it came out in the early, four early issue, 90s or late, issue. late 80s, it was just like, yeah, four shot. Which I own. It's pretty good. I'm sure you do. It's real good, George. You got to read it. That should be some homework. If it's only four issues, I will. Yeah, it's four issues. I tried to read Walking Dead. I have oh my the God. trade. So much. Yeah, it's a lot. So much to read. I have the trade paperback. I'll let you borrow it. Cool. You said year one, right? Yeah. Yeah, year one. And the killing joke while you're at it. Why not? Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's real short. I mean, you could get through it in yeah. like a, a half hour. But it's so yeah, so good and kind of fucked up, which is nice. That's the first comic book I ever read was Killing Joke. It explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, what have I been missing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And ever since. And ever since. Now you have a basement full of comic books. Basement full. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> it's it's shaped you, dude. Yeah. It's uh, that's. That's important, bro. But I don't read them as much as I should. Like I do, I I learn about them, but I don't actually sit and read. I probably should. I'm on. I'm more or less like with the shows, even with the Disney Plus shows with Boba Fett and stuff. Like they'll show me something in the show, and I'm like, that looks familiar, but I'm not really sure why. And I go right to right to Google, figure mm-hmm. out why this person's important, and then I read about them. I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna go. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah. So. That's what I do with a lot of the comic book stuff now. When someone gets introduced in the show or in a movie, I'm like, I know that character. I I have five covers with him on it, but I have no idea what the backstory is that would pertain to this movie. And then when you look it up, you're like, oh, okay, I see what they're uh, doing. Same with DC. See, I'm a both guy. Why not both? Hooray! Why not sure. both? So one yeah. thing I want to bring up before, because I feel like we're winding down on on this movie. When they made this movie, George, I don't know if you're aware, because you were but mm-hmm. a child. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't a guarantee that there was a market for Batman movies, so there yeah. really isn't a guarantee that you're going to get Batman Begins too. We just uh, the company had no idea what the market was going to do with it, and really, the market didn't do that much with it. Like they're lucky they got to make the Dark Knight because it just didn't blow up the world like it really? should have. Yeah, it didn't make a ton of money. It did okay. But it wasn't mm, like The Dark Knight when it like changed everything. I don't think they were ready. I don't think people were ready for this movie, so they didn't know how to take it. But here's what's awesome about the yeah. end of this movie. If they never make Batman Begins 2, they never make The Dark Knight, you could watch 89 right after this movie and be like, eh, close enough. Nah. Yeah, man. They, they lead into each other a little bit. Now, you just have to ignore the fact or you have to you have to give credit to Gordon that he's a hell of an actor around the other cops because he mm. pretends like he doesn't know anything about this Batman guy. Right. right. But other than that, they lead into each other pretty well. Which is an interesting thing to do. I can't imagine a world where the Dark Knight doesn't exist. I just I was saying to George cuz I got here right when the movie was ending and I'm like it it brought me back. I, it kind of when I was watching at home it was the same thing. That that scene on the rooftop and I just remembered the crowd. 
and they were like when they were talking when they were talking about this psycho guy yeah and he's like take this guy from yeah, the Arkham theatrics and, yeah exactly and uh the moment he, I remember being in the theater and they and he says you know take this guy double murder and a feel for the theatrics or whatever and then they show the baggie with the card mm-hmm. and he didn't even flip the card over yet yeah people just knew it was and a playing knew. card and yeah. and you hear like the the geeks are going oh i got chills like yeah. I just and then they flip like, it over oh, what a way to set it up yeah and then we flipped it over that place turned into like these end game like reaction videos like people were just like bonkers because they knew they looked at it as oh this is where they're going of course not knowing that the studio wasn't ready to make a second movie yet how did that even get in the movie if they're like not sure if they're gonna make a second like fans, one, it was like fan, fan service. service. Yeah, 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 and it leads right into eighty nine. So I mean, I think they did that with a little bit of. <laughs> I think they did that on purpose. Like it's Batman Begins. It's a prequel, and where does it go from here? Well, hopefully it goes to a part two. But if not, like yeah, you know, it could that just other go one. to eighty nine. Yeah, that other one. Hmm. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad they didn't do that. I'm so glad. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad that the Dark Knight exists. Well, should we tell uh, George what he's watching next week, Travis? He probably thinks he has a really good idea of what's up next. What is he watching next I week? I think you told me last week what I was watching this week. What did we tell you? I thought you told me we were watching the whole trilogy. We are. Unless you were joking. We are. But we have we have such sights to show you. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, we are going to watch... A movie. A movie. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> All right. So you think we're going to watch The Dark Knight, I which thought, we're not. I thought We're going so. to meander a little bit through okay. the- uh, There's no meandering. No meandering? Okay. No. We're going to watch a movie okay. that we have mentioned before. Okay. And it had a lot of influence on what we're going to watch. Okay. So we're going to watch the movie Heat. Okay. Do you know anything about Heat? Nope. No. You haven't heard of it? No. You don't know who's in it? No. Do we talk about that, Dan? Or we just Just tell him how long it is so he makes sure to watch it early enough that we don't have to record (laughs) this after midnight. Yeah. It's got it's over two hours. Is it really? Yeah. Michael Mann, who you don't know who that is. But didn't we watch a Michael Mann movie already? We talked about watching Manhunter, but we never did. Oh, that's right. Oh, we ought to watch Manhunter too. But not this week. This week we're watching Heat. Right. Watching Heat. Heat. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod or on Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. If you're watching this on YouTube, we're also on every podcatcher you can think of. If you're listening to this on a podcatcher, we're also on YouTube. So either way, hit us up next week for Heat. From what year? And, so I can find the... It's like from find it. 2000... No, 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 no. No, 98? 98, 98, I think? Earlier than that. It had a... Really? It, I was, I'm going to say 94. I'm going to guess. 94? Why am I thinking 98? 95. 95. 95, okay. All right. That was a big year, 95. Yeah. It was the year of... Uh, year of the rats, when I think. Bill Gates <laughs> came out with the new version of Windows. Yeah. It was around for a while. No, 95 was a good movie year. I think, I think that's when Twister came out, right? Yeah, that was around then. Yeah, and Apollo Twister. 13 was soon after. Apollo 13. And, oh, Apollo 13. That was like yeah, 96. Was big, 95 to 96 was a big 
I think seven came out in ninety seven. Yeah. 90, no, not came out in ninety five, didn't it? I don't know. They have a website you can look all these up. Yeah. <laughs> that was I remember that being a big year. Seven was ninety five as well. So there you and go. Usual suspects. Usual suspects was ninety five? Mm-hmm. Did we reference the usual suspects at like at least three times this episode? Yes. It's a great movie. And Forrest Gump, I believe. Shut up. Heck of a year, man. Yeah, 95 was a big year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's we need another one of those that. is what we need. Yeah. <laughs> another year like 95. Any movies yeah. would be great. Although I am very excited for the new Batman movie. Yeah. It looks I'm good. not watching it any looks... trailers. I'm not reading any articles. I'm going in blind and I hope I like it. Well, I didn't you better even... not go in blind. You're not going to be able to see the movie. <laughs> be able to hear it anyway. <laughs> Well, don't uh, worry. If you're blind, you can still listen to our podcast. That's true. Doesn't impede, you know, just you're, you're getting the same experience as everyone else, which this is, is the great thing about podcasts. You can watch our podcast. Yep. <laughs> you can listen to our podcast. Just like everybody else in the world. 